If your tires are so old, they literally remember the Alamo. That's a big O-No. Oh no. Thankfully, for all your car's big O-No's, oh there's always a big O-Yes. Oh now through December 31st at participating Big O Tires, save $70 instantly on sets of four Continental, Cooper, Goodyear, or Yokohama brand tires with paid installation purchase. Not valid with other offers. Disposal fees extra and up to 10% shop fee based on non-discounted regular retail price not to exceed $35 worth permitted. See store for details. Hey, it's Blair. Hey, we have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns we have to offer. And it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. For your convenience, your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50, unless you tell us to cancel. A lot of subscription services won't tell you that. They'll just sneak it on there. We just told you. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star. Please visit KansasCity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Big O Tires and Lee Summit was the setting for today's Facebook Live, now a Sportsbeat KC podcast. I'm your host, Blair Kirkhoff. As always, Chiefs was the topic, and Sam Bellinger, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Tiope provided the expertise. We discussed the running back situation with the Spencer Ware injury, playoff scenarios, and we all picked a Chiefs MVP. Thanks to Beth Welsh for producing the Facebook Live, and to Derek Donovan and Randy Mason for putting together the podcast. Links to the stories we discussed can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com and the Red Zone Extra app. We'll be back on Friday with another Sports Beat KC presented by Big O Tires, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Welcome to Red Zone Extra on Facebook Live. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. We're coming at you from Big O Tires in Lee Summit, uh, 1125 Southwest Oldham Parkway. It is a... Home game for Sam McDowell. Yes, it is. How about that? Yeah, finally. Finally get a home game. Because last time we were here. It's your first, it's your first time on away turf in a long time, right? <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but, you, you, but you couldn't be here for the last one of these. I could. I was on assignment the last time we were here in Lee Summit. That's right. So uh, we have uh, Sam McDowell, Herbie Tiope, Sam Mellinger, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. And uh, we're going to talk Chiefs, and we want to talk Chiefs with you. So send us questions, comments, and uh, and we'll get going here. Um Oh, and Vahe Gregorian, on assignment-ish, kind of. <laughs> Is that what we're calling that? <laughs> His second job is a DoorDash delivery. <laughs> um, Vahe's working his way back from a little uh, Christmas time off, and, uh, and you will see him certainly Sunday after the game. So um, Herbie was working on Christmas Day. He was at the Chiefs. Practice. The Chiefs practiced on Christmas Day indoors. I noticed, which was interesting. It was a beautiful day, and they were sixty degrees, <laughs> and, and they were in the indoor facility. But uh, but there was also some news yesterday. Let's get to that. People probably uh, not all caught up on the Chiefs news, but there was some news yesterday, Herbie. There was a, another injury. Yeah, running back Spencer Ware was placed on injured reserve on Wednesday with a shoulder injury, and then what the Chiefs did as a corresponding move. They activated defensive tackle Xavier Williams from injured reserve to the 50-player, 53-player roster. 
Now, obviously, with Ware now on injured reserve, they, the Chiefs got the most out of him. He signed just before the New England Patriots game, so they got three games out of him. Where he suffered the injury, I, I haven't looked back at the tape, but it was interesting that Andy Reid said after the game he tweaked his shoulder yeah. along with Blashad and Breland, but they were able to finish the game. So yeah. putting him on injured reserve now, now the Chiefs go into the playoffs with three running backs. Damian Williams, who just returned from a rib injury, LaShawn McCoy, who was inactive against the Bears, and rookie Darwin Thompson. So that backfield right now, once again, we're back to a running back by committee, but your top three are now set. Let's talk about what Ware brought to the Chiefs in just, what, a handful of games. In each of the games, wasn't he the leading, I mean, in terms of uh, snaps, the leading running back? Uh, until this last one, Damian, until the, Damian Williams. That's right, yeah. But the, the first two games, you, he started – they signed him off the street against the you know, the week of the Patriots game. Stardom, I don't know if he started, but played the, had the most snaps of any running back. Um, look, he had we all we all know Spencer Ware. He played with Chiefs for several years before this. But what a um, what a contribution he made for this team. He brought a physical presence. What Spencer Ware brought to the Chiefs in the past three games was a guy who was able to run between the tackles and also the third down running back. With, the ability to block and the ability to pick up blitzes was tremendous for the Chiefs. Well, not only that, uh, picking up blitzes, I, I think that, that may have been his greatest strength, is his, uh, uh, protecting Patrick Mahomes back there. They're going to yeah. miss that. I don't think there's any quite that, That's why that week up to the Patriots game, remember they were like, we're going to take it easy, you know, like they were talking about like 15 snaps or whatever. They just threw him in, and I think that's 100% of the reason. Uh, and, and look, if you're going to have a strength, as a running back for the Chiefs, <laughs> when Patrick Mahomes is playing quarterback, it better be protected. Yeah, that'll get you on the field. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's why Darwin Thompson hasn't been playing, I'm convinced. And, you know, going back to that, I think, like, one of the most underrated aspects of uh, former Chiefs running back Jamal Charles was his yeah, blocking ability. And then, you, know, you think of Jamal Charles, you always thought of a flashy-type runner. Yep. But he was an every-down back because he could block. He was tough, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was. So, so, you're, so Herbie mentioned it. That leaves the Chiefs with uh, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, Damian Williams and Darwin Thompson. There is that's it. That's that's your depth chart at, at running back. And uh, are, are the Chiefs weakened at that position? Are they going to go into the postseason? You know, weakened there because McCoy hasn't. You know, he, he was inactive last week and really hasn't played a whole lot in the last yeah. few weeks. Yeah, I mean, we like to think of this. This is a running back by committee, but to me, Damian Williams has to step up and be the lead guy yeah. now. And we saw last week he kind of took over that role in the second half, especially after Ware went out of the game, and he was good. I mean, he came back and played for the first time in basically five weeks. That was just three games, but they had their bye week there, first action in five weeks. And, um, you know, I, I encountered him in the, locker, having a, in the locker room having a conversation with a teammate, and he just said, I, I feel fresh. And so week 17, you've got your starting running back feeling fresh because he's missed games. And we've talked about how much they're, they've missed certain guys that have been missing from that backfield. But maybe that's a silver lining of not having everybody all season is now you've got a guy that has a little bit um, more left in his tank than maybe he otherwise would. As long as he can stay healthy. Right. I mean, that, that's been Because it issue, is a question. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. been an issue. It's not the same injury that's yeah. been keeping him out this year. Yeah. So I, I, And he, he's got... And you, you wrote, I thought it was really good after the uh, the Bears game. I, I think he, I think of him as the guy with sort of the highest ceiling. For sure. In that group. And the certainly the biggest, like, kind of home run threat. Um, the run. I the only which, home run threat, really. Yeah. yeah. I forgot which, the, which game it was now. Um, the Vikings game. It was the Vikings game where he cut out. And that was mostly set up by the offensive line and the play call. But he still had to hit it. Yeah. And then get run down by Tyreek Hill. 
He's he's the best running back in the screen game, isn't he? I for mean, sure. Uh, and and yeah. the, he's and the best is, receiver. Which, yeah, which is so important for what uh, and we and we saw Absolutely. it uh, saw a touchdown reception. He's really the only guy that we've seen them comfortable lining up five wide, like taking out of the backfield, motioning out to try and get a mismatch on a linebacker. I mean, he's mm-hmm. absolutely, I think, their best weapon out of the backfield. And I think running and passing the ball, and he actually is an adequate blocker. He's yeah. not Spencer Ware's level, but he is an adequate blocker mm-hmm. to where he can play all three downs. But, you know, when you miss games, are, are your legs healthy enough to, to play all yep. three downs? And let's not forget what he did in the playoffs last year. I mean, he was He was huge. I mean, he had the 100-yard uh, rushing game against the Colts, and he had three touchdowns against the Patriots. So. Yeah. Um, he was he was dynamite in, in the postseason, and the Chiefs are going to need that. What about LaShawn McCoy? Uh, what, how is he going to be used? And I kind of saw him as a guy that may have fallen out of favor a little bit here recently. Um, but now he's going to, you know, if, if Damian Williams is going to be the guy, then the second guy, I, I just can't see it being Darwin Thompson. Yeah, you see, here's the interesting thing about LaShawn McCoy, because you mentioned Damian Williams' ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. But... LaShawn McCoy, during his prime years, mm-hmm. hands down one of the top running backs out of the backfield because the guy can catch the football. But you're right, he did fall out of favor w- with the fumbles. You just can't fumble in Andy Reid's offense. Now, as Williams goes down, they do have a running back on the practice squad, and Elijah McGuire. So he's a guy to also keep an eye on as the postseason progresses here. But McCoy, clear number two behind Damian Williams. I'm wondering with the uh, with Sunday's game. I don't think we even mentioned that Chiefs playing the the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on, <laughs> on Sunday at, at Arrowhead. Keep reaching it, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I've got a feeling just because of the depth situation right now that we could see a lot of Darwin Thompson on on Sunday. Um, why would you risk an injury or further injuring uh, Damian Williams or or Lashawn McCoy? You you really don't want either one of those guys bagged up going into the postseason. But the interesting thing is Andy Reid, and I know Sam McDowell here wrote about it. It's a perfect segue to his article. But Andy Reid said he's, he is going to play the starters because the Chiefs do have a lot to play for. I'll, I'll kick it to you. Why do they have a lot to play for? Yeah, I mean, obviously they could be the number two seed still. But, I mean, the Patriots would have to lose to the Dolphins. And I feel like I'm as down on the Patriots as of anybody, but I, I don't see them losing that one. <laughs> right. Um, and they could, they could drop to the four. But the, and the Texans don't play till later the, in the afternoon. Uh, but the, the difference between the three and four is much smaller than the difference between two and three. Yeah. So uh, Blair and I had a conversation about this. We wondered that they may not be informing the players of what's going on in the New England game, but you would think as coaches it would be smart to know what's going on because if that game gets three to four touchdown margin, maybe you are throwing some backups in there. And Darwin, Darwin Thompson's a great example of a right, guy to throw exactly. in. Exactly. I think if you, if you start seeing Darwin Thompson on the field in sort of regular duty, a decision's been made, you know? I agree. and uh, is it is it the wise thing to do to play the starters and to and to go all out? And the, Andy Reid's done it both ways. I mean, he's, but it's always when his playoff position has been locked in. Yeah, and, and that's a no-brainer, right? Like, um, yep. you know, to sit those guys. But it, it's a little bit tougher situation this week, and I think I would lean what they're doing. You know, I, I just. Look, and, and either either decision can backfire, right? Like, yeah. imagine playing the starters and the Patriots win like everybody expects, and then some key player goes down with injury. I mean, that, that could that could torpedo, especially if it's one of, what, three or four <laughs> key players. Um, you know, that, that could really torpedo your postseason. But I, I just don't know. I, I feel like if you sat the quarterback and the tight end and Tyree, like all these guys, 
and then you end up losing, which is entirely possible. And then you drop down to the four, and now you got to play Baltimore in the second round if you win this, the first round mm -hmm. game. I, I just don't think you want to get into that. It's football. Like, people get hurt, you know. Like, you, you protect them when you can, but I think you got to play. In the words of the immortal Herm Edwards, Hello, yeah. you play to win <laughs> yeah. the game. And it, yeah, play your starters. It is a little bit of um, unfair, maybe, situation that it, the Chiefs are at a slight disadvantage here that they play at noon and Houston plays yeah, later. And, right. and I understand why the NFL did that, because the, the Houston, uh, like, their, their game has more implications, you know. Uh, but it, it's it's a little bit of a, I don't know if it's unfair, it's unfortunate for the Chiefs that they're in that situation. Yeah, I actually, I actually don't understand why the NFL did that because to me the Texans could see the Chiefs win and then rest their starters. Yeah, and yeah it's in, in which came for, that, yeah. In which case that game all of a sudden loses a lot of the pizzazz it would have if it was playing at the same time. And the really That's strange the thing about that is to me, if you're the Chiefs, you want to play Pittsburgh in the first round over Tennessee. I, I think we all think Tennessee Absolutely. is the matchup that could get them, in which case they need Tennessee to lose. But if the Chiefs win, then Tennessee's got a better chance of winning because Houston's resting their starters later in the day. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a weird one. That's a good point. Brian Johnson reminds us that uh, the sausage is available as a running back too, but different. He's a fullback. <laughs> he's a, he, is, yeah. he is a fullback. Yeah. He, he is. Um, I'm glad he said, well, I'm sorry, I'm looking over your shoulder here, but <laughs> sausage is not an effective runner. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Has I, been I got you, Brian. <laughs> Major League Baseball, I believe, on the final day on Game 162 starts every game at the same time. Yep. No matter where in the country it's being played, every game starts at the same time. And I'm just thinking the NFL should think about doing that. I know there are windows, a lot of TV money, you know, a lot of money is, is, is plunged into, you know, X number of games starting at Central Time noon, and number of games starting at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But for fairness and for what we're talking about, Shouldn't every game start at 3 o'clock Central Time, except for the, the one they hold out for the night, uh, for the evening game? Wouldn't that be the more fair uh, situation? I think every game should start at noon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, even on the West Coast. Start at 10 a.m. at noon, and then you know what? The world will be perfect. All right, so. I think that would be a great idea, though. I really does do. it, too. Yeah, MLS does that on, on decision day. Um, but yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. It turned into some sort of, uh, I don't know, started, you know, the, the earliest game on the West Coast could be noon. It would start at, what, 3 o'clock on the East. Just make it some sort of, you know, marketed, right? Uh, yeah. Just decision day. Because there are, every year in the NFL, there's, you know, they, in, in the NFL you know, promotes this. X number of teams are involved in, in the playoff chase. And um, in, in the AFC, right? We don't know the, we don't know the um, it, let's just say the Chiefs finished third. Their, their first round opponent could be one of three teams right now, right? Um, Titans, Steelers, and, and uh, the Oakland Raiders of all teams. So um, let's, let's talk about that. What has to happen for each of those possible opponents to play the Chiefs? The Raiders need like five things. Yeah, they need right? five. Let's, well, let's, let's start at the top. <laughs> the, 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 the easiest one is if the Titans win, yeah, that's the in. Chiefs' opponent. Yeah, Titans win, they're in. Right, and the, and the Titans play the Texans. Correct. And J.J. Watt's coming back uh, playing this week. Um, how about the Steelers? What has to happen for the Chiefs to play the Steelers? You would put me on the spot here. Well, right? the, the, the Steelers need a Titans loss, and they got to beat Baltimore. Right. Basically, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, Baltimore's yeah. going to be resting their guys. That's right. Uh, Lamar Jackson's not playing for the – not starting this I week. I saw they, they still opened as a two-and-a-half point favorite. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is And now. we do know the Steelers oh, – oh, <laughs> the Raiders need the Steelers and the Texans to lose. What's that? The, the Raiders need the, the Steelers yes. and the Texans. I think they, they need strangely the, need the Colts to win. They need the Colts to beat the right. Jaguars, and even then, they, there's some formula involved. For strength of schedule. Yeah, strength of schedule yeah. involved. So, but it's it's kind of a higher percentage chance than you would think. I think the 
the Titans and the Steelers are both underdogs. Uh, I, would, I don't know who the Colts jag. I don't know where that game is being played. Or I think it's, I think I think it's, it's in Jacksonville, Jackson, isn't it? Okay. Yeah, I think it's in so maybe, maybe it's not as far-fetched as, as we think it might be. But um, yeah, that would be crazy for, uh, if, if, if Oakland and the, and the Chiefs matched up for a third time this year. Um, I think the Chiefs would take it. <laughs> I think they would, too. So let's talk. What's the, what's the most favorable first-round matchup, assuming the Chiefs are a three-seed? I mean, I hate to, maybe this is oversimplifying, but anybody but Tennessee, basically. I mean, um, I think the Chiefs would feel good against Duck Hodges. He's on um, injured reserve now. No, that's oh, Mason Rudolph. Well, that's Mason yeah. Rudolph. Okay, uh, never mind. Yeah, Sorry about that. And, Duck uh, is the guy. So Buffalo is, is a possibility, right, if the Chiefs drop. To yeah. the four, right. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, you'd rather play Duck Hodges than, than Buffalo. But I there's something about Buffalo that just doesn't, if I'm the Chiefs, doesn't scare me. I, I don't think that offense can score enough to offset what the Chiefs defense can. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I think that would be a good matchup for them. I, I just think Tennessee is a nightmare. Derrick Henry, we've seen it too many times, and there's no, look, like, I, I think that, um, like, Mike Purnell, he didn't play that game, oddly, right? <laughs> um, and, and he makes a, he, he does make a difference in the middle there. Not that much of a difference. Not enough of a difference to, to drop Derrick Henry from, you know, Gale Sayers down to you know, an average running back. Um, and Xavier Williams would be possibly yeah. on, the, on the field yep. uh, against uh, in, in a playoff game. What do you guys think? Uh, most I, th- I mean, I, I think Tennessee's their second worst matchup in the entire AFC. Um, After Baltimore. Baltimore. I think Baltimore is playing better than anybody. I think that's mm-hmm. probably pretty obvious. But as far as the teams they don't want to play, I'd, I'd rank Tennessee second on that list. I think they match up better with New England and Houston even than they do with Tennessee. We've seen a lot of teams for some reason abandon the run against the Chiefs. And Tennessee is not going to abandon the run. Right. Right. Yep. Right. You agree to Tennessee then? Yeah, Tennessee, stay away from Tennessee. Derrick Henry, everyone here just mentioned what he, his history against the Chiefs. And I think that if it somehow happens, the stars aligned, you want the Oakland Raiders. Andy <laughs> Reid's record against the AFC West, we already know it, 26-3 and three since 2015. You want the Raiders in the first round. And then go ahead and advance to the second round. Steelers aren't a bad option either. You know, they're down in the third quarterback. Why not? But you don't want the Titans. Isn't there some kind of law of averages, though, with the Titans? I mean, it's... It, it's the Andy Reid. I think we're going to find out. That's the, that's the <laughs> Not so far. I think it's going to happen. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, it's really unbelievable. Andy Reid, both as the Eagles and Chiefs coach, cannot beat the Tennessee Titans. He's 1-8. I, I don't know what Tennessee looked like when he was with the Eagles. <laughs> but this, the way that this team is built, just offensively with that running back, it, it and just And what Tannehill's brought him. Yeah, and, yeah. And what Ryan they, They've been a different team, team since Tannehill. And I think defensively, they're not great. But they're, they're physical, you know, they, they, they can do some things. It, it makes logical sense why this specific Titans team, you know, gives them problems. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, God help them if there's another touchdown pass to himself. But I guess that, that quarterback's <laughs> on the bench now, at least. So, so no confidence in the Chiefs here against the Titans. You'd, we'll all pick the Titans if it comes to I'd still pick the Chiefs. I, would I, just, I just think it's, it's the matchup that, that, pro- it. yeah, match that probably should scare them. you. Mm. Yeah, I would think so. I, I just think all those other teams, I mean, especially the Raiders, like, I think you just have to worry about, like, overconfidence and, like, overlooking yeah. a playoff opponent, you know, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Um, yes, <laughs> but I think Buffalo might have a chance. You know, Josh Allen is dangerous, um, but I think the Chiefs would be a legitimate, you know, deserved, somewhat heavy favorite in that game. John Gordon puts it well. If you can't beat Tennessee, then you don't deserve to go any further. Sure. I, I agree. That's exactly right, yeah. John. If they can't beat Tennessee, especially at Arrowhead, yeah. um, they, they, this, was, uh, this was not a Super Bowl team. Yeah. 
obviously. Yeah, I don't disagree with that one bit. Yeah. Right. So, okay, uh, again, they're pl playing the Chargers on on Sunday. Is this? I don't know. For some reason, Philip Rivers is one of my favorite topics. You know, I just I'm kind of fascinated by his career, and you know, he is. Uh, I think this is right. He's gonna he's gonna play his 29th game against the Chiefs. Uh, start his 29th game against the Chiefs. God, that's a lot. It is. It's the most of any quarterback. Uh, he'll match John Elway for the most of any opponent in Chiefs history. Uh, Rivers is 14 and 14 against the Chiefs as a starter. Mm. Think about this, the Chiefs have won 10 of the last 11 meetings against the mm -hmm. Chargers. So the first part of Rivers' career, he owned the Chiefs. Yeah. And then Andy Reid gets to, it, you know, it wasn't Mahomes, it was Andy Reid getting to Kansas City and that changed the, the nature of the rivalry. Um, so, do we think this is it for Phillip Rivers? I think what's interesting with Phillip Rivers, normally when you ask him about his contract situation over the past few years, he's never come out and said uncertainty. And just two weeks ago when he was asked about it, he said, he understands he's going into this offseason with the, quote, uncertainty, end quote, of where he's going to be in 2020. And that, that's fascinating to me because when you think of the Chargers, you think of Phillip Rivers. And Andy Reid, I asked him about what if this is Rivers' last swan song with the Chargers. And, you know, basically, Reid said on Monday he, he raved about his, his qualities as a player, called him passionate. And then he said, when you think of the Chargers, whether it's San Diego or Los Angeles, it is Philip Rivers. We had um, Coach Anthony Lynn on the conference call. I asked him about it, and of course, Anthony Lynn kind of punted on it. It's like, well, you know, I'm not worried about the offseason. I still have a game to prepare for. But is Anthony Lynn still going to be there next year? So there's a lot of dynamics in play here in Los Angeles. Yep. I don't know. I, is he a Hall of Famer? Andy Reid? He's a slam dunk. I, He's I definitely not a, he's not a slam dunk. Yeah, I, if, if you just look where he is on, like, career passing numbers, you would think, like, that guy should go in. But I, there's never been a time, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's never been a time you'd say he was the best quarterback in the league. No. I don't know that there's been a time you'd say he's one of the three best. He's always been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And there's, there's a case for longevity. I'm not disrespecting longevity, but I, I just, I, he doesn't do it for me. He's never made a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, one, I think one AFC championship. One AFC championship that game. That he played on a Colts, a right? He played with the torn ACL. Yeah, I mean, that's, and that's, that's mm -hmm. pretty badass. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. But I, I just, I don't know, Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, I, I can overlook, like, team success for linebacker, you know, like, mm -hmm. yeah, but other things. I, I just think a quarterback, at some point, you need to have broken through. And at some point, even if it's just for a year or two, you need to be the best quarterback in the league, or at least, like, in that conversation, I don't think he ever has. The problem is, though, he, he's been in, the, in an era of quarterbacks where, he, of course, he's going to be overshadowed by the likes of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Peyton Manning sure. in his prime, Tom Brady in his prime, yeah. even Eli Manning. Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew, okay, Drew Brees, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the guy that Philip Rivers replaced. So it, it was always difficult to place him in that conversation when all yeah. those other quarterbacks were having MVP-type seasons, yeah. even Brett Favre in the, in the 2000s. Yeah. So. But, I mean, but that's a standard, right? That's a standard in his position, and he played at a time that – is, is it been, I don't, it's not easiest, but it's, it, this is the time in the NFL where it's been most tilted toward offense and toward quarterbacks. And so that has to be taken into account as well. Other players took better advantage of I don't want to be like dumping on him. He, he's been a really good player for a long time, but Hall of Fame needs to be sort of the best of the best. I don't think he cuts it there. He was the best in the division before Peyton Manning got to Denver. Yeah. And they, because they won four straight divisions with, with him as the quarterback. And I, I just remember thinking at the time, it's just a matter of time before the Chargers break through and get to a Super Bowl. Sure, yeah. And then they never did. In fact, after those four division titles, they haven't won one since. And they've been mostly mediocre. Uh, yeah. They were a playoff team last year. And we thought that was, you know, 
maybe you know uh, he'll go out on a, on a high note, but. This is this has been such a disappointing season for the Chargers. And it, I mean, yeah, I mean that that game in Mexico City reminded me of when the Chiefs played Peyton Manning in Denver, when he threw four picks yeah. and, and got yanked. And yeah. I, I just thought when we were watching Philip Rivers in Mexico City, you kind of thought yeah. this is the end for him. He looked cooked. And yet he was a you know a final interception away yeah. from tying that game, game, sending it to they overtime. Um, That's a really a, Chargers game, by the way. Like, we, we look at all this stuff from the Chiefs' perspective, but you know. That guy throwing four interceptions and still having a chance at the end, but throwing, you know, the fourth interception to lose the game. I and mean, that's a very uh, – there's a lot of people that would encapsulate Phillip Rivers' career in that way. I agree. He, he doesn't uh, – the Chargers have a weird way of losing a lot of close games. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how much of the blame you can put on the quarterback, but I, I think at least some. How about this stat? If the Chiefs win Sunday, they'll be 27, as Herbie mentioned, 27-3 uh, and three against the division over the last five years. That'll be the best five-year record again for a team in a division since the AF, the AFL-NFL merger in 1970. Where did you find this? <laughs> this, was, this was actually in the Chiefs' notes of okay. all, yeah. all places. Okay. <laughs> what to look for. It's right. It was a stat Page the three. Uh, <clears throat> the AFC South has beaten the Chiefs more over the last like two seasons or whatever than the AFC West. <laughs> I really like that stat. Uh, that's, they uh, lost three times this year. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, it is amazing. Um, the Chiefs have already uh, clinched a better road record than home record this year. Should that be kind of a consideration as you think about this team in the playoffs? Oh, that, absolutely. That, they can, that this team can go on the road and do what it did at New England, for instance. Well, think about this. Last year, the two Super Bowl teams went yep. to the road. So the Patriots beat the Chiefs here at, at Arrowhead, and the Rams beat the Saints in New Orleans, so it, your ability to win on the road, it gives you confidence, it motivates you, and you, it gives you a sense of arrogance that we can win anywhere. So yeah, going seven and one, and this is the first time since 1966 that the Chiefs have won seven road games, and that's that's pretty fascinating to me. They're a few goals away from being eight and zero. I mean, if they convert yeah. either of those few goals in Tennessee, yeah. they probably go eight and zero. That's right. Kind of a fluky loss to to, to not that's be undefeated. Yep. And keep in mind that road record does include Mexico City as well. But the Chargers were the home team there. So um, there was something else. Oh, you know, I, I don't think we've written this or said anything about it, but the Chiefs' schedule for next year has been set. They're the when, opponents. The opponents for next year, right. So we know that they're going to play at the Saints, at the Bucks, um, at the Bills, Dolphins, and Ravens. Those are the road games. In addition to the three, in addition to Las Vegas in the yeah. uh, in the AFC West at home next you year. You buried the lead, Las Vegas. <laughs> Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know there's some other cities out there that are that are we'll be some doing, of your favorites. Yeah. We'll be doing Facebook Live from the Bellagio. <laughs> We're just gonna cover all eight Raiders home games next year. Home next year, Falcons, uh, Panthers, Patriots. Patriots finally coming regular season game there, right? Jets and uh, the Houston Texans come to it's a tough schedule. It is a tough schedule. It's a first place schedule, and mm -hmm. because the because the Ravens and the Texans are locked into first place, that's why we know the Chiefs' schedule for or the Chiefs' opponents for next year. Um, all right, so we have come to the juncture of our favorite segment here. It's called "Where the Rubber Meets the Road." Hey, it's where we identify a player that uh, we think will come up big or needs to come up big for the Chiefs to succeed on Sunday. And our little bonus question uh, this time, I don't think we 
We never discussed the bonus question ahead of time. Well, for those of us that, he, that were here by 9.30, That's they fair. know. That's fair. <laughs> they know. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> we'll take that. <laughs> we'll come to you last on that. It's an easy one. It's All an right. easy one. Uh, Chiefs MVP. Uh, they have played, they played 15 games. Uh, there is a, uh, a Derek Thomas Award for the Chiefs MVP. And last year, Patrick Mahomes was sort of an easy winner. Before that, I believe it was Alex Smith was the team MVP. Eric Berry, Justin Houston in the years before that. So it doesn't always have to be the quarterback. Um, like I said, it was pretty obvious last year. So who is our, Herbie, we'll start with you. Who is your rubber meets the road uh, chief? And who was the Chiefs MVP this, this I'm going to dip back into the well here. I said Suggs last week. And he actually played pretty well. Yeah, we haven't talked. We should we should have brought him up. It's a good time to talk about Terrell Suggs a little bit. Yeah, Suggs to me was was fascinating against the Bears. If you remember he, that, that rush he had off the edge, oh my god, really early in the game, flushed Mitchell Trubisky out of the pocket. Should have sacked him, but he held him enough inbounds where Frank Clark was able to push him out of bounds for the sack. Yeah, but that should have been Suggs. And I think Suggs as he gets more comfortable, and Rivers is your classic pocket type passer. This bodes very well for Suggs, and I think he's my rubber meets the road. As far as MVP, I'm going to defense. Where is this defense without the Honey Badger? Matthew has just been phenomenal for this. He should have been in the Pro Bowl, but I think the, um, the Associated Press will take care of him by naming him an All-Pro. He is the MVP for the Chiefs, for me at least. Okay. Sam McDowell? Um, this week, I, I, both, both of these, I'm on the same wavelength as Herbie. I, the, <laughs> the reason I think the Chargers struggle against the Chiefs is the Chiefs' defensive line just tears them up. So I, I think Chris Jones has a big day. Um, team MVP, I, I think we probably all think the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, is, is the team MVP. So just to say something different, um, but, but sort of similar, the Charvarius Word, I think actually getting a number one cornerback this year is – has done wonders. It's to really change the defense and the, and the secondary. Okay, Sam Mellinger. Oh, <laughs> Matthew was my first choice. Charvarius <laughs> Ward was my second. Sure it was. Um, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and you all come back to that. Um, in the spirit of, uh, I never really answered this. No, you uh, don't. Like you I don't. Just make up my That's own right, right. stuff. Is it going to be? Is it going to be Arrowhead? Nope. I mean, is it... It's going to be Rick Burkholder. Because <laughs> <laughs> they, they need to come out of this game healthy, um, going Indeed into the playoffs. Do. I think like health has been. We can point to a lot of things, but to me, health has been the biggest difference between this team being where they are and being having the two locked in already. Uh, they just had that that stretch where they were missing. Like seven, eight starters, yeah. you know, sure, some right. games. Um, so I think if you know, think about the difference whether they win or lose on Sunday. Think about the difference of, of how this show will go uh, after that game if they're as <laughs> healthy as they are right now, yeah. or if somebody really important gets hurt. So I think that's that's the most important thing. Um, shoot, I can't take Matthew or Shafarius uh, Ward. You absolutely can. Um, all right. Well, how about this? No, this has never been said in the history of this show. Uh, just to be different. I'll take Patrick Mahomes <laughs> since everybody's <laughs> overlooking him. Uh, yeah, yeah. For obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> the most overlooked of the Chiefs. Exactly. Patrick, Patrick like, it's time that he gets some respect. You know? <laughs> uh, hey, what do you guys think? Uh, tell us who you think. Uh, and, and Brian LaBerge has weighed in with Steve Spagnuolo should be the MVP. Uh, that's, a, that's a good one. That is. Also, yeah. like, Mitch Schwartz could be in that conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, offensive lineman, it's tough, but he's been – um, missed a snap or two or whatever it was in Tennessee, but he's like for all the the turnover at that at that position group, he's been right. steady and just yeah. as good as always. Um, 
I'll say for rubber meets the road, uh, Travis Kelsey, just because he's six receptions away from 100, becoming the first tight end in NFL history uh, to have consecutive 100 reception seasons. Better, you better believe the Chiefs are aware of that, and I think they'll feed him the ball early. Yeah. So I think he'll rack up some numbers on, um, on Sunday. Of course, he had the big touchdown reception against the, the Chargers in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he just he operates well against the Chargers. I, yeah. I just look for him to come up with some big numbers. Um, but for Team MVP, yeah, before you arrive, Sam, we did talk about this. And, um, and I'm, I'm okay. had to kill some time. <laughs> <Okay. right? laughs> and I'm not going to be different. I'm going to blend in uh, with Herbie here. I, I just think Teran Matthew, especially as the season has unfolded, it wasn't like he got off to a great start or this defense got off to a great start. But I just measure the defensive improvement uh, with in, in – his ability to just cover the entire field, he, he's amazing. He can play anywhere. And, 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 and they let him play everywhere, yeah. right? It's almost like they use him the way some teams use that, that jack linebacker. You just line up every, anywhere you want, wherever you think you can get an advantage. That's what they do with him, and it has worked wonderfully. It's, it, it's he, worth noting, too, that he's got a little bit of, like, player coach in him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that Charvarius Ward talks about Tyron Matthews it's similar, like you know, different positions, whatever, but it's similar to the way that Patrick Mahomes and others have talked about him learning from Alex Smith. Like as far yeah. as like how to be a pro, how to prepare, how to take care of your mind and your body, a lot of stuff like So I think, look, Charvarius is the one doing it. He's the one turning his head and knocking the ball down on that end zone pass to Allen Robinson. But um, he would give a lot of the credit to Tyron Matthews as well. I think you're right. Uh, Jermaine Grigsby has, um, Kelsey as the rubber meets the road and Chris Jones yeah. As the MVP, Chris Jones has quietly had a, had a terrific yeah, season. His injury probably takes him a little bit out of that conversation for me. But, um, I mean, he, he is their most talented guy on the on the defensive line that includes Frank Clark. Yeah. What happens to Chris Jones in the, after the season? It's a good question. Still um, tag. They've got the franchise tag. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking, too. They've got the franchise tag available. Yep. Tag and holdout. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. That's what we're saying, yep. I think. Uh, Stephen Fisher says, happy with uh, Jones or, or the Honey Badger as a team MVP. Um, yeah, look, I, there are a lot of ways to go on, on this. They, uh, but the fact that we're talking about the Honey Badger, Chris Jones, Charvarius Ward, you could probably throw Juan Thornhill in. He was, for us, when we did a midseason MVP, he was a couple yeah. bars. Yeah. The fact that we're talking about the defense this way, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Who'd have thought? Right. Yeah. Who in the world would have thought that going into the season? 9.6 points per game Chiefs have allowed in the last, is it four games or five? Five. Five, 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 five games. Five games. Yeah, only, the NFL. Right. And only one real touchdown drive of any substance, the, the opening drive against the Patriots. Yep. The other two touchdowns the Patriots had that day, or other touchdown was a short field after the block punt. And uh, this Chiefs defense is just, it's been remarkable. And which is why I, I don't know about you, I'd like to hear about this from you guys. I feel a little differently about the Chiefs going into the postseason this year. Than, than I do in previous years just because this is a more balanced team. It, there's no question. I, I thought they had, I mean, this sounds dumb because of course they did, but like a really, really good chance at the Super Bowl last year. They, they, they had the one seed. They had that game at home. And they, they really and they were there. They were coin flip. Right. Um, were, uh, but I, I do think that they can beat you in different ways now. And, and one little subtle, very subtle part, seeing Terrell Suggs like in action, one thing that they were missing on that defense, and, and they still are susceptible to the run, but 
He's not quite at Frank Clark's level, obviously, but as far as like an edge setter and, you know, yes. kind of containing some runs, and they're going to need that if and when they get to Baltimore, you know, Lamar Jackson getting out, you know, force, force it Mark Ingram up yep. the middle and, and, and stop on the edges. And Frank Clark is great at that. And they just didn't have anybody that was doing it on the other side. And I think Terrell Suggs is that guy. Kathy Christensen, thanks, Kathy, says uh, the Honey Badger and, and John Gordon. Brett Veach had a great offseason. Yes, he yeah, did. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yep. he did. Yep. Defensive line uh, and especially the, the safety. I mean, I've talked about the safeties too much. But like, <laughs> I mean, just turned it from the worst to a legitimate major strength. And, again, I, I just think the entire secondary. I mean, you just, yeah. just it's it's yep. been – it's just been – that's the difference, yeah, right? Yeah, Bashad Breeland's been pretty good. Yep. So, yeah. Yep, so. He's been <laughs> – but <laughs> – Right. up has been worth it. Let's let's leave with a, a quick injury update, though. We know about Spencer Ware, Herbie. Um, I saw that limited practice yesterday was um, Morris Claiborne. And Wiley. And, and Andrew Wiley. What are the prospects of those guys? Well, we'll have to wait and see what they do. Um, yeah. I dropped in the Andy Reid line. We'll see. We'll get that to you. <laughs> but, you know, Thursday and Friday will, will be the key thing. Friday especially will be the key practice on whether they'll play. But we'll, we'll see. And they had Rashad we'll Fenton back last week, right? <laughs> Fenton had been out. <clears throat> Fenton was inactive, though. He was inactive, though. but oh, he, he was available, but he, though. He, well, he was available. Yeah. Correct. Yep. Herbie does this great uh, press box trick on, on game days. The inactives are released 90 minutes before kickoff, and Herbie tries to guess who the Chiefs will list as inactive. And I bet you're batting about 95% yeah, this year. The Nostradamus of the Chiefs inactive list. <laughs> That's right. It's a thing of beauty. It really is. <laughs> All right. Hey, you guys, thanks for, uh, for tuning in this day after Christmas. The next time we'll talk to you is Sunday uh, late afternoon from the Arrowhead Stadium press box where the Chiefs play the San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles on uh, noon kickoff. Wanted to thank Beth for, um, for spinning the dials as she does every week. And uh, Sarah and Mike are here as well. Great to have you guys here. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you again on Sunday.